0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre, Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's Associate Director and your host, Emma Callender. Welcome to the Travcast. My name's Emma Callender and I'm the Associate Director here at the Travis. And this is our chance to be able to get under the skin of writers to talk about the process of writing and what turns writers on. So I'm very happy to be joined by Rebecca Sharp today Hello Hello there How are you? Fine, thank you, in the middle of it all just now Great (laughs) Rebecca um, is a poet, a writer of uh, prose fiction and a playwright as well Um, She's from Glasgow and she's currently with us developing two pieces called Little Forks and The Dark Twin with Stella Quines as part of their rehearsal room So we've just taken you out of rehearsals literally Mm -hmm. next door, haven't we? Stolen 15 minutes of your time Yeah. So thank you. Very welcome. (laughs) Um, So you work across lots of different forms, not just playwriting. So I'm Mm. quite interested to ask what the process, how the processes differ between Mm. writing poetry, prose, and playwriting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my background. Technically, as playwriting. Um, although, you know, growing up as you do, I think, um, well, writers do. You write. I was always writing poems and stories, growing up. But it was theatre that I studied, and then um, my first few pieces of work out of university were plays. So I feel like that's my background. But then, the past ten years or so, I've been much more writing poetry and getting into the world of poetry, which is a very different mm-hmm. world, um, and prose as well. Yeah. So I think poetry the advantage is you, everything is incredibly concentrated and intensified that's mm-hmm. how it works and that's kind of what it's for mm-hmm. um, You, every image has to be condensed and become so much more powerful because of that mm-hmm. um, and the, the kind of sense of the agency of the reader then in unpacking a lot of the imagery and unravelling the meaning it isn't handed to you on a plate so for me that's the beauty of poetry um, you get away with a lot more in terms of the language because mm-hmm. that's the function of it mm-hmm. um, You're not. you're not You're not showing all of your working or all of your thinking, so in terms of having really intensified kind of poetic images, um, poetry is obviously the best place for that. But because of I think because of the way I think and just my personal taste in things, I also then see no reason not to get that into other forms of writing. And so something that has frustrated me about playwriting, and and even uh, prose in the past is when it isn't particularly intense, and that's just a personal thing. I like things to be very vivid so when I write even in prose or for performance the, the language is quite tightly packed and the images are pretty dense and as we're discovering uh, yesterday and today a lot of the process of putting on a play for example that's written in that way is unpacking that imagery and making it accessible not just to the audience but for the actors because they have to get their head around what's going on here um, so I'm as a writer I'm not interested in writing a play that is um, particularly naturalistic that's never been my, my my particular bent so
0: yeah these two plays are very poetic mm. um, what would you say was the challenge that playwriting brings to that process then what are the specific things that playwriting demands mm. from you well I mean you have to accept first of all that you're in a
1: different medium so there's no point well I was going to say there's no point you can put a, a, a poetry work on stage but it's not a play so it's getting getting to the difference of that so um for me it's straight away just getting dialogue in there i mean little fork started life as a prose text so it was it was monologue 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 between the two different characters so we've been chipping into it and taking some of these long monologue sections and sharing them between the two characters which has opened up so much of the meaning which is really magical and has then given me loads of pointers for how to continue writing it and how to develop this way of writing um, without just having to go from one monologue switch, next person switch back. Um, so yeah, making, making a prose work into a play, uh, you've got to think about the actors I think really um, and what the live experience is going to be and I think that's where my background in playwriting is coming back in again because I'm always thinking about it from the audience perspective and why
0: why do it this way why not just print it in a book you know mm, that was what was, I was at the reading last night and mm. it was really interesting seeing you play on those borders mm-hmm. in between prose and drama and it made mm-hmm. me really question what makes a piece of theatre yeah what makes something more than not more than different from a reading yeah of a piece of prose yeah how does that become then drama Mm. and it was really provocative Mm. around that question for me Mm. Um, should we talk a little bit more about Little Fork and um, Dark Twin and just where this specific project came from and maybe Mm. around you playing with the, on the borders yeah. between prose and mm. playwriting and yeah. what that what that experience has been like for you
1: yeah well because yeah as little forks I, I first wrote the prose text well I started writing it in 2011 so it's been with me for a number of years and um, initially um it was a a live literature show which has become a thing um, <laughs> but it was just a reading you know when we had uh, it was it was read very conspicuously read with lecterns you know and not not trying to hide that and there were visuals and there was a score as well and um, so there was an element of theatricality but it absolutely wasn't a performance. Um, while I was writing Little Forks I was reading um, and researching about Marion Campbell who's a Scottish was a Scottish archaeologist and writer and um, because I was looking for terms that I could use in Little Forks relating to archaeology in Scotland and I came across Marion Campbell and her novel The Dark Twin and I was reading that and the, the novel itself The Dark Twin is really strange and um, it's really tightly packed it's it's full of all this poetic imagery but also the way marion writes and across all her writing as well not just in her fiction she switches really seamlessly all the time between something that is very descriptive and quite uh, historical perhaps or factual or even scientific and then she will immediately switch into something quite anecdotal or poetic or dramatized she'll be recounting this conversation maybe that she had with somebody but she'll she won't she won't describe it as an anecdote she'll just play it out so she herself obviously well I'm assuming thought this way and wrote this way certainly this um, no need to kind of differentiate between different modes of speech or modes of thinking and that's in her fiction and her non-fiction so that straight away fascinated me Um, but I I was in the thick of writing Little Forks at that time so I kind of came back into Little Forks, finished writing it, and now I've circled back to revisiting The Dark Twin and Marion Campbell. Um, so the thing, my thinking initially was I was going to write a stage adaptation of The Dark Twin novel, uh, but it would be completely impossible, I think, and would lose so much in in the translation. So what it is now instead is it's become this really layered up kind of fiction. So I've got a, a new, brand new, original kind of character fiction on the surface layer who herself then discovers Marion Campbell and the Dark Twin as I did and then the base layer is a kind of representation of Marion Campbell herself so it's all these layers of fiction that's going on which is evocative of my own process I think having discovered the Dark Twin and Marion Campbell while I was writing Little Forks myself so I wanted to I didn't want to shy away from my own experience and, and the kind of creative process actually
0: putting that into the fiction so that's kind of what's going on just now mm. <laughs> it's really interesting um f- just yesterday being introduced to your work for yeah. the first time yesterday and seeing you explore on this border yeah um i wanted to ask what is it about exploring on the borders between mm. forms mm-hmm. which interests you because yeah. it seems like a, pl- a playground for you yeah that you enjoy
1: absolutely yeah yeah um it is and I've questioned myself a lot about that over the years and I wonder if it's just part of me wanting to be awkward and not fit in. Um, and I think that is absolutely the case. I don't I don't feel the need to analyse that further. I quite like being on the outside of things. You can get away with a lot more. Part of it is maybe you can excuse yourself a lot more so you can kind of make things um, and kind of get things wrong or do things that are riskier and you can kind of almost be absolved a little bit from any responsibility so I'm aware of that side of it just personally you can kind of say oh well you know it's here's me just doing something on the outside and don't worry too much about it but it's it's not that it is because it's so much more interesting for me um to be playing around because you can dip into different things and I think that's why I'm really interested in Marion Campbell because she did that you know and she she had the chance to go to Oxford University but didn't um, because of her, her personal commitments to her the family state and her kind of inheritance and her loyalty to Argyll and to the work that she was doing there so she herself she saw herself as a bit of an outsider and yet she wrote prolifically about archaeo- archaeology and Argyll and was published by the um, Archaeological Society I think it was um, but she never quite fully felt that she was entirely accepted so she, she she was although she was so strongly connected to the area and came from that kind of a family she still felt like a bit of an outsider on the fringes of things I'm just drawn to characters like that people like that, it just interests me people on the outside doing interesting things mm-hmm. feeling a little bit like outsiders that interests me um, and dipping between different ways of writing just gives you the freedom to explore that more um, and the ways we're doing it theatrically as well it's not just the text obviously we're looking at how to use um, projections and lighting in different ways um, and the score as well with Katrina Mackay's scores she's scoring both of these plays so that they're going to be connected in that way um, but that's going to be a, a voice in itself she's, she's playing the Klaarsak so that's going to be its own voice as well so using an instrument as a character like that as well is going to be interesting
0: It's really great hearing you um, just following your instincts Mm. and really trusting and owning them and and that that's enough, you know. (laughs) And it really is, I think your writing, it's really evocative. And you took me to places and landscapes yesterday that were so rich Mm. and it was really great seeing you experiment Mm. on stage in front of an audience Mm -hmm. so bravely. And I think the audience really responded well to that. And nice that they can be engaged at such a level as well so early on. Absolutely. It was
1: magic, yeah, because we were asking people, did it resonate? Did any of the things in Little Forks about childhood memories and and memories being so strongly located in a place, did that resonate with them, with any of their own memories? Because what I was hoping for was that it it does tap into something universal and archetypal and these images that we kind of all subconsciously understand and this language that does that and this poetic language that does that and like I was saying before about the poetic image this ability of, of that if it's done well to resonate um, and go way beyond itself and it seemed to you know the audience it was great they were f- such a great audience they were they all stayed and it, they were so responsive and, and they were so willing to talk about their own memories and, and places they'd gone to as kids and, and how the language and just things that we were talking about in little forks really did link up with their own experiences so it worked it's we're doing it right it's magic (laughs) (laughs) great
0: i'm going to let you get back into rehearsals so that you can carry on exploring thank you you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh. For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.